What's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of The Music in Time. I still remain your humble host, Osagi Alonge. On this episode, I am breaking down Brimo's third album, Merchant Dealers and Slaves. I have the opportunity to do this with my very good friend, AOT2, a.k.a. Ayomide Tayo. Okay, Ayo, Merchant yeah. Dealers and Slaves. Yeah. Great album. A classic. In every sense of the word. A classic. I mean, it's too early to even start that conversation in this, on this episode, right? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you know how it is. On You know how we do it. The first thing we want to do when we want to break down albums, right? We're breaking down Brimo's Merchant Dealers and Slaves, released in 2013, mm-hmm. his third LP. But yeah. before we get into it, I want to talk about the backstory. So, yeah. what's the backstory to building this this fantastic body of work? Okay. Um, so, Brimo was um, a very brilliant um, writer. Um, singer, and he got signed to Chocolate City at the height of Chocolate City's powers, right? And obviously, Oleku Brian with Ice Prince really increased his profile to the, in the music scene. And it was no, it was a no-brainer to sign him, right? And a, a few guest appearances on Jesse Jaggi's album, on Ice Prince's, on Mi's album, also helped him um, visibly. Then he dropped his singles. Um, I can't remember the names right now. We dropped like a couple of singles, uh, "Good Morning" and um, "Ara," right? And you look as if Brimo was on the cusp of mainstream success. Then he dropped the second album. This was not his debut album; his second album, and he didn't do very well. Son of a Carpenter, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And at that time, I think the allure or the glitter that Chocolate City had in terms of breaking artists into the mainstream was beginning to disappear. This was a time when Jesse Jacks also had troubles with the record label and Brian also started having re- troubles with the record label. Shortly after dropping his second album, Brian left Chocolate City, which was a big deal back then. Back then, when artists left record labels, it felt like the end of the world or anything. But Brian did not um, sit down and relax. He quickly went and started working on his third album, which is obviously Merchant Dealers and Sleeves, and that's how we got there. Musically, um, what what the Nigerian music industry was releasing back then was it's so di- was so different from what we have on Merchant Dealers and Slaves. We're talking about fast-paced pop music. Shantizo had just come out with Shuli, and it was everywhere. This was the height of Whiskey's um, um, Lamba phase, Davido's Lamba phase. Olamide just dropped a... I just dropped Monster Singles. You know, this was Bonaboy's era also. He just came out and it was clean everywhere. So the music scene was very pop-driven. There was... No space at all, unlike what we have now, for alternative music in any sense of the word. But Bamo somehow did a 180, despite the, the legal troubles we have with Chocolate City, to release Merchant Dealers and Slaves. And uh, he dropped it and, oh my God, it is what it is. That's why we are here. The rest is history. The rest is history. This album dropped yeah. on October 20th. Interesting, right? Yeah. October 20. Funny enough, yeah. 20, 2013. 11 tracks, pretty short, 32 minutes. Yeah. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. No, 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 no skits, no features. No intros. I mean, there's no one outros. feature, um, you know, with um, a guy playing... Um, the guitar. The, playing the guitar. Um, his name is um, David. Yeah. His name is David. Playing playing the guitar. Other than that, you know, basically he he basically did everything himself. And like you very much said in the you know in the backstory, this is Brimo coming from legal 
troubles with his label, mm-hmm. you know, his label getting a court injunction to re- refrain him or restrain him from Listen actually, to. you know, releasing music. Um, he had, he had dropped his son of a carpenter album. Um, the album was poorly distributed. That was yeah. the first problem. Poorly they, promoted. They, yeah. They had a, um, um, a partnership with, uh, with Spinlet, yeah, you know, the, the popular Bagger. distribution company at the time. And, you know, with, uh, not a lot of people, you know, having access to the app, a lot of people couldn't stream the album and all that. And, you know, that kind of, he was, he was a, a, allegedly, you know, pissed off with, with how the, the whole rollout of his album was. Because if you listen to Son of a Carpenter, right, it's pretty much, it's not, it's not a bad album. It's not a bad album. It's not a bad it's album. A, yeah, typical brand you know, album. It has Ara, like you said, it has Omoge Campos, you know, it has some really, really, really good songs. But, um, you know, the album didn't do what, you know, it was expected to do. Coming from the hype. Coming from the hype and also coming from, you know, how Chocolate City had lined up the artists, right? The Chuck Boys, right? Yeah. You know, MI had in 2010 had dropped um, um, MI2. MI2. You know, Ice Prince in 2011 had also dropped um, Everybody Loves Ice Prince. Ice Prince. Jesse Jacks had dropped, you know, the, the 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 first album as well. Everything was just building up to to you know to Ice um, um Brimo's release. Brimo's release and it didn't do it didn't do that well. And with this album, right, you could feel the way I see this album, right? The genre, it's, it's a mix of traditional pop music, rock, Latin rock, folk. reggae, folk, Afro beats. It's, it's, it's a big reset yeah. for Brimo to say, you know what? I've done all this pop shit with you guys. You know, you could also feel... You were right? disillusioned by all that. I mean, I don't know if you listened to Brimstone in 2007, his debut album, yeah, right? He, he produced, he worked with Mickey Me, the guy who ended up, you know, soul producing uh, Marchand Dealers mm-hmm. and Slaves. And, you know, you could feel that there was a certain kind of Brimo and going to Chocolate City, building the credibility with Ara you know, building credibility with actual film with yeah. MI, with Ole Cool. You know, I mean, any label, any label will say, hey man, go down the, the lane of pop music, which, which he attempted to do. Yeah. Uh, but this album is just a big reset. It's like, you know what? I don't care what, you, you know, you guys want to hear. I, I just want to do me. And then it goes back to Mickey Me, who produces everything and, and they create a classic. A classic album. Let's start off the music session with the first single from the album, Down. Down. Something you did go around town. People who did go downtown. Some people they stand around. You wanna no go downtown? Them say the chief, he they sleep with the chief wife. I bogey for corner, he they sleep with the chief wife. The neighbor daughter carry belle for the chief child. All the 
Chop your own and clean mouth now. We print and root and share around. Them said the priest, he the breath for the teeth. Sadaka for Allah, blood for the spirit. People who know them they wait on the Lord for Still calls for town. Few people they smile. When you hear this song down, right? The first yeah. time you heard it was released on October 1st, right? So 19 days before the album dropped as the precursory single to build the hype and the momentum, right? He's yeah. facing legal troubles, all that is going on, but he then just drops the song, right? And then Boom. drops the video. Boom. Right. And what goes through your mind when you watch the video, when you listen to the song? Every, everything about that song from this to single itself to the video was so jarring like this was the height like like I earlier said of fast paced pop tracks everybody just wanted the club banger everybody wanted to score the club beat and this guy just came around who already given us club bangers before and we knew you know well you can do that and slowed everything down to give us a song with so much message very layered and the song was so layered and structured I was like yo this is amazing I don't understand what Brian was on but this is something different. Then I saw the video. It wasn't flashy. There was no big budget. He was the only guy in the video. And when the song stopped, he just walked away. It, it didn't feel like music at that point. It felt like art. Because we were, we were driven, we were too hooked on commercial music at that time. Or music that just wanted to sell and make people just spend money. But this was a music that was like, you know, guys, everybody, just stop what you're doing. Listen, understand, meditate, and reflect. And it was such a big, like you said, it was such a big career risk. And it worked well for him. Amazingly, people, people, a, a, quite a lump, number of people responded well to that single. Like, okay, this is something different. This is this is pure talent here. There's no gimmicky stuff here. This is just a man who can sing his ass off. And, you know, it just started, rightly, started to build up for the album. When you listen to Down and listen to the lyrics, two things I could pull out from, from, from that whole thing is... First of all, the lyrics of the song or the message of the song kind of just pretty much defines what you expect from the album. Yes. Right? So there's a lot of, you know, deceits. There's a lot of hope. Hypocrisy. There's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of sarcasm. And you kind of get all of that from the album, right? And the second thing is, even if you don't watch the video and you just listen to the song like we just listened to it, you kind of build a picture yourself yeah. of what's happening. Very visual, very descriptive. Very, very visual and descriptive. And it reminds me of, you know, Asha's um, Fire on the Mountain. Mountain. You know, very yeah, yeah. similar. They are the same oak. Yeah, very, very similar. Why do you think Brimo had to reset himself? He didn't need to. I mean, even if, you know, Son of a Carpenter, his second album, hadn't gotten the, um, a commercial acclaim, it did. It did get the critical acclaim. Yes. So why do you think it was necessary for him to 
to create a reset and then just go back to Mickey Me and create the music he felt like he could make better. Okay. Um, I guess we'll touch on further on this, you know, when we're talking about the theme of the album, but for Brimo, I feel personally feel feel that he was disillusioned by what already happened to him to his career at the height of all the Chuck Boy fame and uh, success. He felt like yo, this is not what success was meant to be for me. I don't think he was artistically fulfilled as an artist. The disappointment of you you being on the cusp of greatness and you not seeing label politics or the way industry politics takes his, takes, um, his toll on you. I think it took his toll on Brimo and that's what led to Down. You know, Down basically is also talking about the industry, how everything is just messed up from here to here to here to here to there. And he just felt like, you know what? I can't move at this pace. I can't move with this philosophy. Let me just do something different. I think what happened to him when he finally got signed to a major really affected him on a deep personal level that even to today, Bramo of Ara or, or Oleku hasn't come back yet. He's, he's, he's just kind of taking that, uh, he's just kind of assumed the character, yes. right, from, from, from this album and yeah. he's he has played that character. Yes. Even if, he, you know, even in subsequent albums when he's talking about love and other things, right, it's almost like he's just talking from, from, he has from a, a very deep... He has a bit, slight bitter tone yeah. in almost everything he talks about. Whether he's observing what happens in society or personal relationships, relationships, whether love, lust, there's always that cynical thing that this yeah. is not what is... There's something something underneath that don't take take things from with their face value. Yeah. That is something really deep and sinister about everything. And that is what Down is basically, which is the centerpiece of the album. Yeah. And that thing spreads around the whole album. Like, bro... I've been there. I've done that. It's not what it is. You know, specifically placed in the middle of the album. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You know, just like you mentioned now, how, you know, cynical, you know, or or, or, or dark Brimo can be. I kind of draw that parallel with, with Femi Kuti. Yes. You kind of have, you know, no matter what Femi is talking about, yes. right? You just know that yeah. he doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. When you've seen certain things in life and you've been at that height and you bro, you're like, I've seen it up. I know it's not what it's meant to be. So, Down was actually, you know, um, um, studied in the Southern Illinois University Carbondale, right? Wow. The, the students, they did a lyrical decomposition of the song as part of a case study in school. That's, that's what great art does, man. Okay, let's go to another song, more upbeat, but basically can define what you just described earlier as a young man who goes into in the industry to actually, you know, and wants the industry to, to embrace him, then later on finds out that it's all a scam. <laughs> the industry is all a scam. Let's listen to Echo by Brimer. I go go Lagos, I go get money, I go change my life, get honey, find fine girls, then go come on me. I spend the cash, go go on to Everybody knows, mommy go roll, one by one, two by two. And lovely, who wants to see? Fine, fine boys, them they like to taste. She no get time to waste. Tonight she mine, I go spend the night one by one, two by two. Hey, oh.
That's the way the show goes, yeah, you know. Ah, give me more. Want you so? What a brilliant song. Brilliant. What a brilliant song from the production to the writing to, you know, just the composition of the song, right? Yeah. What What's going through your mind right now? First of all, is the writing. Like I said, this was the era where people didn't even have to make sense in a line anymore. Just get the melody right. Let it hit on the beat and you're good. And this is a guy telling us a story, right? I just listened to that. Like, first of all, what genre is this? Like, I haven't heard anything like this before. I haven't. Is it rock? Is it folk? I don't get then he's also telling, if you listen deeper, he's telling a story. And that story is starts from, essentially from the album, but he, he mentioned a name there, Titi Lokwe, right? Yeah, and there's a 40-second... There's a 40-second 40, 40 40 second interlude. Yeah. So, in that in that story, right, that's his love interest that was in the village, or the little time it was. Yeah. But he had stayed in that relationship for so long, and his ambitions were not being met. You could say that was a metaphor for him being independent, going out on his own hmm. and couldn't get success. Hmm. So he said, you know what, like what millions of young Nigerians do every year, let me move to Lagos. The city, big city of lights, the dreamland. And he comes to Lagos and that is Eko. And when you come, imagine you just stepping in somewhere like Ikoyi or Banana Island. It sucks you it in. It sucks you in. You the see beauty. the bright lights. You see the fast life. You see the beautiful woman. You see the money. You're like, wow, this is the city that's meant for me. Right? And, and what, what's interesting with that is, in the song, he's 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 basically telling the industry. He's basically telling Eko, "Don't let me go. Don't let me go. I love this. I love. I I, 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 I hope this never ends. This 15, 15 minutes of fame. This is what I want. Right? Yeah. And he's telling his former like girl, "Get to look where I've gone. No, I'm in Lagos now. I'm a big boy. And uh, that's another corner piece of the album. And that story doesn't pan out the way it's meant to pan out. Yeah. But that is such a lovely song because almost every Nigerian who wasn't born or raised in Lagos." can attest to that feeling that, Omo, I have to go to Lagos to make it. But what they show you about Lagos, uh, when you see the flashy documentaries and you see the nightlife, you see Dirty December, you're like, wow, this is Lagos. But when you get here, then you know that it's real. It's very, very real. This is the counter opposite of down. Hmm. This is the opposite of down. Like, play them together. Two different feelings. Two different feelings. When the album dropped, you know, um, he then dropped the title track of the the album, Merchant Dealers and Slaves. Yeah, Merchant Dealers and Slaves. You know, there's a, of course, there's the shortened version. He then released the extended the version, version, which didn't make the album, mm-hmm. which I'm, you know, totally wow. pissed. But I got, you know, I I once got it, and but we're, we're not playing that now. But um, that song also really short song, right? But it kind of set the tone as well. While Down had, so Down is very 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 brash, yeah. you know, all up in your face, right? And MDS is a bit cooler, but 
you know, he drops it with the, with the visuals as well. Yeah. And, you know, some very interesting visuals. And I hope you guys can pause this and, you know, go to YouTube. And just check it out. And just check, the, you know, the video out and, and come back to, the, you know, to the song. And that's, that's what hit me with the name of the album. Merchants, dealers, dealers and, and slaves. Somebody it's a whole something. ecosystem yeah. of what the world is basically, right? Mm-hmm. You have the big guys and you have the, the small guys. Yes. And you have the guys in the middle, middle. who are essentially extensions of the big guys yeah. and who trick the small the guys, guys yeah. into giving up what everything they have. They have. Yeah. And slaves, basically. And there's no how, you know, you, you, you listen to a song like that or you just feel, you know, through the whole theme of the album and not draw a parallel with the music industry. Music, whether the music industry in Nigeria as a whole, as, as, a, as a society, yeah. there are so many layers that this pierces through and it's just the brilliance of Bremo to get this. It's... Merchant dealers and slaves feels like, okay, you know what? I've been down, so let me understand where I am. And he sees everything in the world. It's just merchant dealers and slaves at the end of the day. You mm. know, it's, it's an enlightening as well. Like, I think this should be rightfully studied. Not about, I think as Nigerians, people should need to study this album a whole lot more. It's a really good piece of work. Yeah. Let's listen to Merchant Dealers and Slaves. If you ain't got freedom, you can give. You ain't got love, you can preserve. Do you hear me, say? I hope you hear me, say. You ain't got freedom, you can give. Ain't got love, you can preserve. Do you hear me, say? I hope you hear me, You know, this song, right? MDS is like his resolution at the end of the day, his yeah. conclusion, you yes, know, yes. after whatever he's gone through and all that. And he just concludes and says, this is what it is. This is the journey where a hero makes that resolution that this is what life is. Now, that's why this is also the last track of the album. Yeah, like, peace, I'm done. This is end credits, like, I'm done, bro. End credits. <laughs> Let's talk about the theme of the album. Oof. When I listen to this album, I feel darkness, I feel sadness yes. and misery. I feel a bit of lust and I also feel hope. Disappointment also. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it just signifies everything he went through the last one year with Chocolate City, with the music industry. Um, he brilliantly puts out the body of work. He doesn't actually come out to say this, oh, this is what happened to me. I was, he uses it as a metaphor. So when you listen to this, like, oh, another guy who comes to Lagos, disappointed what he sees, then he has to go back to the village. But deep down also, he's saying, I was indie or myself by myself, or I was in a smaller label, got to sign with one of the biggest labels in the country. It didn't turn out well. The industry showed me the dark side of it. And you know what? From now on, I'm going to do my own thing. And that was what he just said right here. But it's a lot of bitterness. But bitterness that is well articulated and it's not revengeful. It's more of like I'm using this as a learning curve. I'm wiser now. I won't be attracted by the wise lights anymore. I just stick to the to the rivers that I'm used to. No need chasing the waterfalls anymore. And which has been a template for his career, a blueprint for his career since then. And he has done amazingly well since then. 
it's it's a brilliant piece, piece of work. It it does when you feel down, it uplifts you a little bit, and sometimes you not get knowledgeable, and you listen to Echo, and you're like, it performs Echo till today, and people lose their minds, people get off their seats and just dance, and it's just it's a work from a maestro. I think him living Chocolate City, he had a point to prove to people, and him now reconnecting to Mickey Me, who was the architect of his sound before. They just decided to create a masterpiece with all that was going on all around him, and it, and he delivered. What is what? What do you think? You know, what is it with, with artists and you know building through the pain? You know, when they feel a lot of pain, we've seen it happen with Kanye yeah. West. You know, with Edward and Heartbreaks, we've seen it happen with um, Jay Z four forty four. We've seen it happen with Beyonce mm-hmm. Lemonade. We could go on and on and on, right? What is it with going through pain? Mm-hmm. And you know, expressing yourself. Why? Why does the music? Why does the music bang? It, it sharpens your thinking process, really. I think it gives you, and it also gives you a lot of material to speak about. Because when you are rich and you wake up in a forty million naira mansion with silk pajama sheets, what else do you want to talk about? That people, there's nothing really challenging there. But when you are down, when you've lost your ego, when you feel pain, it sharpens your thinking process and it gives you a lot of inspiration. So you know what? Let me just shut out everything that's happening in the world and let me write. At that point, that is you at your most honest level. That is where you are at the peak of your most creative powers. You are not thinking of, oh, I need to do a song for the club. I need to do a song for the ladies. No. I just want to express myself musically. And that is why whenever these things happen, you see the genius in all the artists. Only genius artists can move, that can can, can create something wonderful from pain. Um, as human beings, we also have moments of pain and we need something to latch on to. Not everybody's going to drive a Ferrari. But everybody's going to go through some down moments. Whether your girlfriend leaves you, whether you're fired from work, or whatever the business you're in doesn't, you know, actually turn out well. And that is what you need. You need music for that. You need music for everyday living, not music for Friday night to Saturday night, which is just minute on the human emotion scale. That's 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 yeah. that's really deep, man. Yeah, that's really deep. You need, talk, you need those you need those kind of songs. What about the production? We have to give Mickey Me a lot of credit here. You know, and I think I still think Mickey Me doesn't even get the credit he deserves. If you mention Mickey Me, many people might not know his name, but this album doesn't even get a Hedy's nomination. Which is that now shows you how the industry in general looked at Brian Wood then. Which and he was right. Look, look at the album. He was just saying, Bro, Lagos doesn't rate me that way. So at the end of the day, if you look at the Hedy's nomination list, it was just banging, loud music. Nobody had time. Jesse Jacks got a few nominations, but apart from that, there wasn't like a risky, credible nomination. I said, you know what? We're not listening to what the mainstream is saying. There's somebody over here doing his thing. And it's not as if Brymo was a, a new guy. This is, this is Brymo. Yeah. He, cre- he created the hooks one of the biggest rap songs we ever hear in our lifetime. Yeah. And, phew, nothing. The production, right? I mean, going back to Mickey Me, I've always, I've seen it happen with like Common going back to No Idea after yeah. working with Kanye West. I I, I always like that return. Yes, you know, and Mickey Me doesn't disappoint, he, and they've gone on to work on like what four other albums. albums, and they've not disappointed. I think yeah. Mickey Me gets where Bramo wants to go to musically, and but but where is that? Because you're listening to this album and it has so many kind of flavors, right? Yeah. So what is what is that production process like for them? I think for I think for Brimo, because when we did an interview with him recently, last the last um, po- um podcast and Loose Talk podcast, he listens to a lot of cold play. So he likes that big band rock feel, arena sound kind of music. And that is you, when you see Brimo, you don't want to put him in a club in a small space. You want to put him somewhere big yeah, and expansive. In the theater, in an arena. Yes. 
and that's what he wants. But he now has a lot of musical influences. He has rock to it. He has folk. He has traditional Yoruba music. He also has, you can't take away hip-hop, you can't take away R&B. And he has mixed it. I think this is just the more alternative and creative version of what we now know as Afrobeats. Hmm. Yes. I think this is for people who are really deep and really want to go into that bag. And not many producers can go into that bag, except a few. And Mickey Me is one of them. Unfortunately, he likes to be a recluse. Yeah. 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 With somebody like this now, in this music environment that we're in, you'll be making mad, you'll be having mad headlines because there are some artists who can actually go with his sound, but he decided to just stick with I guess it's like 40 Drake. He's just decided yeah. to be like, I'll yeah. be making it to Brian Moore. I think one of the high points, I mean, from top to bottom, of course, the production is like, yeah. you know, sweet, you know, but there's one song for me that really stands out. I mean, yeah. Echo is brilliant, right? Yeah. Down is amazing. Money is great. But it's everyone gets to die, right? This mm. is, this yeah. is, when I listen to this song, I feel like Brimo has like a revolver. That's a, him. a despondent song. Like, you, bro, you know, over. a revolver to his head and he's spinning it and clicking it, but the bullets don't come out and he's just like, Every you know, it's 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 at the end of the day, it's all yeah. Because in industry, at the end of the day, you'll not be the hottest guy anymore. People won't call you anymore, so everybody gets to die. That fame you built up will end up dying one day. So what's the point? Let's listen to everybody gets to die. For more 
where do you go from there? You go, you go to Glassbury and sell out 40,000. <laughs> I mean, where do you go? You listen to a record like this, like, how, how do you even, you know, I was just picturing Rihanna on the record. Yeah, this is Rihanna's bag. The thing about this album, that it has so many great records. It's not as if, oh, there's one great record and there are other good songs. There are many great records that have come to define Brian at the end of the day. And this is just another philosophical song for me. The writing, way ahead of what we are listening to at that time. The production, where I had the sound, you're missing rock with reggae again, bruh. <laughs> this is what this is what a lot of artists will wish they can find now. Now that the Grammys all of a sudden love Nigerian Nigerian music, like even as as of today, this song will still be ahead of its time. This album will sort of will sort of have been ahead of its time. It's it's such an amazing body of work, right? I mean, in conclusion, for me, right, I just feel like Brimo is chronicling everything his eyes are seen in the yeah. past. You know, and which he also partook in, yeah. whether good or bad. Good or bad. Hey, you know, he willingly signed up, and, and so. now he kind of regrets it. Yeah. But I think he he also takes it as a responsibility to tell people, people, yeah, you know, the story of what yeah. is going on, yeah, or what he's been through. You True, know. he's a, a master storyteller, and this is such an African way for all of us to understand. In my humble opinion, I think this is the best album that has, you know, um, that dropped in the last decade. Yeah. True. True. I don't think any album touches any of these nah, albums. A lot of you might be, you know, riled up. I like, no, 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 no. We're talking about artistic excellence. This is the pinnacle for that decade. Nothing touches it. Nothing. Nothing touches Nothing. it. Also shows you, like, also shows you why like, last decade wasn't great musically for Nigerian music. There was a lot of strides, a lot of yeah, uh, London, you know, America. But in terms of the quality of music, nah, nah. But Brian's album, bro, unbelievable. I want us to end with like the lyricism on this album. We yeah. know what is inspired by, right? But yeah. you know, you could think a lot of things, but to put your pen on paper and actually write like and this. And be so eloquent. Yeah. Do you, where do you place Brimo, you know, in the top writers? I, I place him where I put Asha, where I put Two-Face, when Two-Face was an element. Um, just there, like, you know, I think he's just one of the best. You talk, you talk about songwriters in Nigeria, top three. Hmm. Top three. Like, and in terms of Nigerian music, the way Nigerian music is like over a hundred years old, Brimo has to be somewhere there. And when we're talking about writers, we're talking about writers, people who never let the bar go down at all. Brimo has to be there. He's so he doesn't even play around with the writing at all. You don't hear you don't hear a gimmicky Brimo record. It's not it's not even possible. Even in his pop days, he was singing, singing. Yeah. He was actually saying something. And writing. And writing. And now that he's, he's in this bag, bruh, he's one of the best to do it. And and this album has kind of inspired, you know, loosely inspired, you know, the follow-up albums like Tabula Rasa, yeah. like Clitoris, yeah. and Oso, and even a bit of Yellow, right? You could you could still feel, yeah. you know, some elements of much. This is this is Elmatic, the one that you always yeah. be judged by. I mean, he's dropped what seven albums, a lot of mad work rate for somebody who actually has a message, you know. And I also think it has also inspired the new alternative scene we are seeing right now, whether it's Caveman, whether it's Ibeji, you can see that just the confidence of Brimo has done it. Let's go ahead and go and do it. So, this album, more than it, just music that inspired that alternative culture that taps into the Nigerian culture itself. I just wish the impact of this album was way more. You know, I feel yeah, like, exactly. you know, when the album dropped, the hard copies were, you know, dropped. It was 2013. Not a lot of people could access yeah. music digitally. Yeah. You know, um, it felt like a, the album felt like a myth. Yeah. Like, okay, you said the album is good, but where is it? Yeah. And yeah. many people wanted to go to, go to through their phones to listen to an album mm-hmm. back then. 
But if it was dropped today, better reception, definitely. Brimo and Larry Lawal, if you guys are listening, right, I think you should re-release this album. Definitely. Um, I, I definitely, like I was telling you, I called I called Larry, his manager, and yeah. I told him, I think this album should be scripted into a play. Def. And, you know, they should they should link up with... Hamitinesque. Yeah, Bolland of St. Peter's and please just just do a play. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay I'll pay whatever to and watch. And he, he performs it almost every year, so I yeah. guess he knows that very well. All right, man. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Music in Time. Ayo, thank you for you no know chopping up this album with me. I yeah. know it's your one of your favorite albums. Definitely one of my favorite albums. Um, and I'm going to read a quote from your review yeah. of this album. I'm just so I, I need to go and save that particular review because I don't think I have the original copy anymore. I remember, I remember, you know, um, I was working at the Net NG then, and you were working at Hip Hip Hop World Magazine. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, I need to. I need to review this album. Yeah. Like, I need to review this album now and send it in. Because we're working on another album, album and yeah. you're like, no, no, no. I need this, to do this now. Yeah. You know, I need to do this now, 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 now. All right, I'm, I'll read your quotes. And your quote says, describes the album as a soulful masterpiece that is emotionally charged with amazing production. So that is, that's, that's a bad description. That pretty much sums up what Merchant Dealers and Slaves is, guys. And I think you. we, we gave, sorry, I think we gave it album of the year then. Yeah, I think it was yeah, like album. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a certified classic. It's a certified classic. All right, man. We're gonna leave you guys with Purple Jar, which I think is one of the best, Oof. you know, it, it, it's it's one of the I don't know, best written songs I've ever heard in my life, you know. And I'll place this with every other record that has been released by Michael Jackson, Jackson. James Brown. Yeah. Well, you know, this can start up with anybody anywhere in the world. All right, man. I like to eat my cake and have it I sex my girl, she liked it I thought I was a psychic Until she catch me with my side chick Now I'm running home with no shoes on I did I like say a thief gone home She no go read Oh, Variga, I love and care for you. Oh, Zuleka, someday when this is over, when you will look back, you go remember we almost had it all. We almost had it all we almost had it all we almost had it all i'll take the memories the car and the purple jar tell everyone that i'm gone i bumped the bridges down i'll keep my But two wrongs never make a right And half of my heart has gone famous 
Life of my heart could never trust you. Someday, when this is over, when you will look back, you go remember. We almost had it all. 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 I'll take the memories, the car, and the purple jar. Tell everyone that I'm gone. I burn the bridges down. I'll keep my shoes on. There you have it guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe to a Music in Time podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review it as well. Don't forget to share with friends and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find all the good links in the description below. And of course, follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you and catch you guys on the next episode.